0: Welcome to episode number 53 of the Nintendo Jump Podcast. This is our first episode of our second year, and we are, of course, a weekly discussion podcast created for Nintendo gamers by Nintendo gamers. It is the week of June 24th, which means we are hours away from Super Mario Maker 2. Oh my goodness. Uh, today, I am always joined... Yeah, you know, I am Daryl, of course. And, and I'm always joined by Sergio. How are you, sir?
1: Hey, Daryl. I'm doing I'm doing well. It's uh, It's been an interesting week. Some stuff is happening. I'm playing a game for once, and guess <laughs> what? it's on the 3DS of all things.
2: <laughs> Whoa!
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. But good, good, good changes, good vibes, good stuff.
0: All right, uh, and, and you heard him. We all love him, Kevin. How are you, sir?
2: I'm doing very well. You know, I got my water one foot away from me. How are you doing, Daryl?
0: <laughs> I, I, I also have my water now. I'm really curious, Sergio. What are you playing? Ooh. I am
1: playing the fan translation of the Great Ace Attorney. Yeah, it's basically a prequel to the Phoenix Wright games, and yeah, shout out to the Scarlet Study Group and any any fan translating groups out there for making it possible to play games like this that you know we thought it wasn't gonna happen. So we don't need you, Capcom. <laughs>
0: uh so yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna jump right into it, Kevin. What are we talking about this week?
2: We're gonna talk about the stories of the games. Game stories, stories that you know we wanna have in video games that we've heard in video games, just game stories in general. Stories. That is the theme. And we're gonna go through what we like in the story, you know, what we want in the story for a video game, and we're just gonna go from there. And uh, you know, we're gonna start with our main man Sergio. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, in, in a lot of it, it's really always going to come down to how much you value a good story in a game. Where do you put it, you know, in terms of what do you prefer? Gameplay, story, graphics, sound, uh, multiplayer value, things like that. In personally, I do put story fairly high on my list. Not, not more than gameplay. Gameplay to me is priority number one always but a good story might make me want to play a game that is not so fun you know and it might make a a really good game just like lack something if the story is not up to par Mm, but you know there's many there's so many approaches with stories like on everything you know in every medium it's same applies to games but one thing that I've I've always really appreciated, <laughs> and is when a when a video game character like one of the main characters when they happen to die or pass away as part of the story, and that always makes the game a lot more memorable to me. On the other hand, however, there are games that kind of. Fake you into thinking that somebody died and then they come back, you know, like at uh, the last seconds of the story. And it's like, uh, <laughs> that, that kind of mm. just ruins it, you know. But uh, actually, question for you, Kevin, regarding the ever so mentioned trails in the sky.
2: Oh, okay. So I'm ready.
1: I have a yes, yes or no question. I don't mean to silence you, but I just want to know, like, yes or no. But does a main character or is there a significant character in the game that dies within the story?
2: No. Not to my knowledge. There is no character that dies in Trozen Sky.
1: Okay. Honestly, I I, I kind of like asking that question of, of RPGs or story heavy games that I'm interested in playing. And it sounds like a weird question, so it, it's kind of hard to ask, but if the answer is yes, oh man, I'm, I'm way more likely to play the game. <laughs> You no, know, and that awesome. reminds me of one th- Oh,
2: yeah, it is. And it reminds me of one thing. When you talked about uh, characters who die in the game, they never come back, and then characters who die, but they come back somehow. So I'm thinking like Final Fantasy VII, heirs Gainsborough, uh, for a character who. Okay, spoiler alert. <laughs> you haven't played the game, you know. Okay, so uh, that is a good example of a character who dies and never comes back. Yeah. And it has a significant impact on the game. Uh, the other case where a character dies but comes back, I'm thinking about Palimporum from Final Fantasy IV. Um, so when they came back, uh, you know, I mm, it's cool to see them, but you know, I was just like, uh, I, I don't know, Daryl, what do you think? Is this your favorite Final Fantasy? I mean, what did you think about that? Because I mean, like, there there must have been some sort of significance on that. So
0: yeah, I mean, I. Kind of didn't expect too many characters to die, although some do actually. Yeah. Um, there there is some death in that game, but, uh, so, I think you know I I don't uh, I this entire conversation is is letting me know that uh, Fire Emblem is gonna be like our game of the year this year. Uh, <laughs> it's just just saying. Uh, based on based on what we've been talking about for the past few weeks. Uh, so, I think. For a video game story, and, and the reason we wanted to talk about this is, so this is a aspect of video games primarily linked with a lot of RPGs and a lot of adventure-type games that uh, people will hinge, whether they like the game or not, based completely on the story. And I understand that, you know, it, it really... it sucks to get to the end of a movie and and not like what you know was just shown to you it, it is equally bad if not a lot worse spending you know 50 hours in a video game to go oh really and that, that's that's right. how that ended. uh so we wanted to <laughs> we wanted to just kind of get into you know the specifics of of like like Sergio is talking about the, of what we like what we look for what helps us uh get intrigued by a, a game going in and I feel like we're all a little bit different. This actually got kind of kicked off by a a discussion in our Discord about uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, uh, which was kind of... So a lot of people really think that it's one of the best games ever made, right? So it it got a lot of hype coming out. It it deserved all of the hype. It's still uh, among the highest rated games ever. It's doing very, very well as it should but the one downside that a lot of people mentioned was the story of the game and for somebody like me I honestly I kind of took that personally a little bit because as I'm as I was playing through the game the first time I would I understand overall this is a fairly simple story of a game and I'm not going to f- fair warning I'm not going to delve too much into spoilers but we are talking about game stories so there's going to be uh, we're gonna be you know walking that line a little bit this episode so if we start talking about a game you haven't played maybe skip forward a little bit. Uh, but for breath of the wild you are playing uh, a link that is a hundred years in the future of him failing of, mm. of this plan failing of Zelda failing uh and all of these other champions dying so there you go Sergio uh like whoa. Ooh. Yeah, like these characters that you you come to meet through memories from 100 years ago that are actually really cool characters. And what I liked about that game so much was that it was the air of consistency between the characters. Like, throughout the entire game, throughout the the memories you get and the events that you have, the characters remained consistent to their character. They all did very believable actions based on what was actually happening. Uh, It was the probably the most frustrated we've ever seen Zelda herself because she just she could not unlock like the magic to actually seal this darkness away in time for the darkness to actually show up. And so over the course of the game you see her getting more and more stressed. You see her kind of take that out on Link, which was a terrific dynamic. I mean, it was really really cool to see uh while you see these other champions going along with her but also kind of going uh I don't know how good this is working right now. And you, you see all of it. And all of this is under the the overall story of Link saves Hyrule, right? Link defeats Ganon, saves the princess, all that. So at its core, at its very, very high level, it's a very simple story. It is. But I'm okay with a simple story if characters can be driven... If, if the story can be driven by the complexity of the characters and the overall just likability of the characters going forward. And, and for me, that game was amazing at that. But I, I kind of wanted to bring it up with you guys. Like, am, am I kind of on an island here? Or do you like, are you, can you accept a more simple story with a character driven? Or do you look for like the more complex uh, world bending stuff? Or, you know, what what's your overall preference when you're looking at just, h- how do you determine whether a game story is overall good or bad?
2: I think for me, it's like, I do appreciate more of the Blue Ocean model stories, the more complex or just something that we've never seen before. And, you know, you and I, we've talked about this on Discord chat, you know, just um, how I was focusing on the fact that it was a simple story for Breath of the Wild. And given that I did not finish the game, I know, I'm, I'm getting there. Um, I, I just, I was just too focused on, um, you know, just the end goal, the beginning and end. And then I think for me, I just got lost in the shelf of the process because of the open world um, and I'll get to characters a little bit, but I think for me it was just I just felt like you know I was putting too much focus on the destination rather than the journey and so I think for me when I said it was a simple story and it wasn't as strong, I was being a little unfair, so I apologize for that, uh, which I did in Discord community but um I do like a more complex story, I I, th- I think, and, and obviously I do want character, I actually value character development a lot because I feel like character development drives the story. You know, like when you have good characters who, you know, are developed well, you know, they have a backstory, they have a history with different characters, they have different quirks, they have different, you know, just these, you know, the body language that they employ, you know, to show you you know, how they're feeling and and how that plays into a narrative, I think that is really, really important. Um So <clears throat> I think for me, I, yeah, I like a more of a blue ocean model type of story. Um, not just like saving, like, cause you know, for me, I, I think the whole saving the world thing is, is very cliche. So for me, you know, like with Final Fantasy Seven, the basis of, of it all is that you're trying to save the world from, you know, total destruction of the planet and the life force and all that, and uh, and and that's and that's a very, I feel like that formula, it, it just the whole saving the world thing is is very, very common to use. And what, if you do have something like that, like you said, there, are like you, it, it all comes down to the character development and the the history of the characters. I think that's what. That is what's important. If you don't have that that strong character development, the story fails. And so you're not on your own with that. So I do agree that um, you can have a simple story, uh, but as long as you have elements within it with 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 strong characters and, and, just, and different interwoven connections between them, it's going to be a really good... The story will become stronger. It will be a good story overall. So that's just my take on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, I guess, I don't know if I've mentioned it, but actually for Breath of the Wild, I sort of did like a, a, a media blackout on it. I, I hardly knew anything about the game other than it was open world uh, when when it came out and I got it. And then, nice. you know, just start playing the game and oh my god, it's huge. This is like crazy open world, right? And I, I didn't know at first how much that was going to affect the story, and I don't think it affects it negatively. I think, yeah, it, it's a simple story, but, you know, Zelda is not known for this grandiose uh, story with a lot of plot twists. It, you know, it's it's the typical formula. Uh, right. It works, we like it, and, and it just goes with the franchise. But I think, if anything, the I don't want to say problem, but my issue that that i i come over and like i've i've turned around on it already is the fact that there's so much to do in this game that you spend a lot of time sometimes maybe even days or weeks going throughout mm. you know whatever you decide to do however pace you want to take without really doing much of the story in yeah. that yeah. i mean that's that goes with the open world and that also goes with the way you decide to play the game. You might not want to do so many side quests at once. You might want to focus on the story a little bit. So in a way, the game leaves it up to you and and I think that's the better way because the story that it does have and and I completely agree with you, Daryl, the characters just make it. And even the NPCs, they all have this charm and this sort of connection to the story that it ties it all together very nicely.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, there there is something to be said and maybe we can touch on it a little bit. There is something to be said about making your own stories in games. Uh we've mm. done we've all probably done parts of that. And in, in a game like Breath of the Wild, I mean you can you can make a lot of stories in that game of the time that you found this one sledding trail and you know went snowboarding down on your shield and it was awesome and you know, or or whatever. Uh you can kind of have your own adventure and I like it, but I've always felt connected to the Zelda franchise mostly because it is it is a simple emotionally driven story most of the time it is i am the hero and i'm like well okay <laughs> that's a good, good start i am saving the kingdom and the princess okay that's a very good start let's let's go with that um from from you know whatever destruction or or being taken over by pure evil uh it, it is simple it, it always is simple but if you think about practically every zelda game the ones that really stand out are the ones with very good characters beside mm. link yes uh i mean ocarina of time fantastic characters majora's mask had fantastic characters wind waker oh my goodness uh and so on and so forth i mean i could practically name almost every zelda game uh until you start getting to the ones that people don't like as much. And then those are kind of the ones that are a little bit weaker. You know, Skyward Sword had five. Okay. (laughs) You know, Skyward Sword had some good characters too. It it did. But in, in terms of Breath of the Wild or Wind Waker level, nah, nah, not close. And I think that that was a main problem uh, of of a few for the Mm -hmm. game. But I just, If I get into a game, and something that's kind of weird for me, if I get into a game and it just starts throwing a lot of nonsense at me, um, I can enjoy that, Uh, but I also, it takes me out of it a little bit if I can't really understand what's going on, like all of a sudden, uh, the huge example of this recently was actually Final Fantasy X, uh, where it just, it throws a whole lot of just, what? is what is happening right now? Uh, and it kind of front loads it and it's fun. It's a roller coaster to play through. Uh, but it also, as far as a story until it gets kind of rolling, which it does. Um, it, it was definitely making me question some things at the beginning, which was not exactly ideal for me. Um, Mm. it, I, it's the same type thing with um, most platinum games kind of have this crazy off the wall. Everything is happening all at once (laughs) explosions everywhere. Oh God. uh, Type of story. And I can, I can appreciate it. I can enjoy it, but it's not something that I would really hold a candle into. This is my game story. This is what I want, you know?
2: Yeah. And I, I totally get that. I think it's just, you know, it, and I think to, to build off on that, I think it really depends on the theme too. Like with, other games i mean they you're talking about hero versus a villain you know there's there's always going to be like an end goal to beat the villain and within that you're going to have your your good character development uh another, another example of of theming of a story is uncharted you know it's this adventure um third-person adventure you know shooter type of game where the central focus is to find you know tr- this this amazing lost hidden hidden treasure and so you know that in the back of your mind that's going to be the end goal and there's going to be some sort of challenge that happens on the way but within but between the beginning and the end where you're going to find that treasure hopefully you know uncharted does this thing where it it puts you into different environments and it does help that the graphics are really good because it, it it puts you see these visuals these environments and it's like you're actually there and then you couple that with you know Nathan Drake being able to do these olympic style climbing and jumping from <laughs> platform to platform like holy shoot how is he able to do that <laughs> and with the dialogue too and the dialogue is very important and that's another thing i want to get into is that the dialogue serves as um one of the main focuses of good character development when you have characters who you know give good dialogue back and forth, you know, where they gesture or they have friendly, you know, jokes or just stuff like that. I mean, it's it, it, it makes it more relatable and, you know, it, it 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 hits you home. Like, wow, like, these characters, just the way they talk, it just seems like how we talk with our friends and stuff. And so, mm-hmm. I, I think that, that's really, yeah, dialogue. I mean, dialogue is important. uh You know, and I, I think and that's why I love Uncharted. Um, the story is not the most complex, but it does do a good job with the, the lead ins, with the environments that you like the different countries, the different jungles, and, um, you know, areas you go to, all leading up to where you can hopefully find the lost treasure. Well, I don't want to spoil the stories, but, you know, <laughs> and then challenges happen. So uh, that that really, uh, and then, and then, sorry, and then another thing too is that with Uncharted, because it takes, it, it's a historically, fictional type of game, right? There's no real Nathan Drake in the real world. Or maybe there is. I don't know. I, I, I doubt it. <laughs> oh, I, I know, right? Ah, oh, <laughs> dreams crushed. I know, right? But <laughs> what I really <laughs> what I really like about Inchart is that you get to know some history, like Sir Francis Drake and, like, his journeys. And, then, like, you know, like, if you – and the different pirates that exist in history where they had, like – Different things that happens um when they travel from place to place or, um you know like the lost city of Shambala um I, I I cannot recall the exact facts about it but they do they they're able to pull from history and to be able to interweave into the game um they talk about Marco Polo they talk about um different like like you know like Magellan and I believe Christopher Columbus but uh, correct me if I'm wrong but yeah mm. I, it, it, it's it's so a story, a story can take those elements, whether you know real history facts, uh, different environments, and dialogue. I think with you, besides character development, those are also very important when developing the story. So
1: yeah, for sure, and of course, you know, related to the story, almost hand in hand, it's the characters in the game, and there's almost always a main character, even though you most of the time you have a cast of four or maybe more but there's always the main character and one thing that i really appreciated is the ones that are flawed or that are not even likable to begin with prime example being squall from VIII, yes. you know or the characters <laughs> that you you play the game and you're like wait i'm playing as this jerk why i don't i don't know if i want to keep playing this game and, <laughs> and of course you do and it basically the game makes it worth it in the end you grow with them And you learn from how they grew. And on the other hand, you know, it kind of puts a dent on the the heroes or the characters that are, like, perfectly good, like, cliche type of characters. And I may be wrong on this, but this is how I remember Siding being from Final Fantasy IX. Again, I mentioned I, I need to play this game again. It's been a really long time, but that's how I remember him. I remember him being just too good and always doing the right thing and always succeeding. And <laughs> I don't know if that's the best way to go with a story. I think seeing a character fail in even multiple times, you know, time and time again, failing is learning. So think about it. If you if you always succeed on your first try, you're not really learning much. Uh, you might even say that those that fail are the real winners. And I think that goes with stories as well. And with us as the players, you know, we see these characters failing and we feel for them it it just connects us it connects yeah it connects us with their world and their story a lot more
0: yeah that was actually so i mean it turns out final fantasy games have interesting stories for the most part and the funny thing is they're all different in the way they approach them which is actually kind of Actually, really interesting uh, to me Mm that the the first Final Fantasy feels completely different than Final Fantasy Four feels completely different than six feels completely different than seven, nine, ten, so on. You know, uh, I did not intentionally skip eight there, but whatever. Uh, (laughs) So they is it feels like they are always trying to iterate on it and try something else i'm i just started final fantasy 12 and oh man i gotta say that is fantastic
1: oh Mm -hmm. utterly
0: fantastic i cannot wait to talk more about the game but i'm only about three four hours in so forgive me um but going back to final fantasy 4 actually that is the reason i like that game so much is you are playing as a dark knight cecil uh, and you are Ta- following the orders of the king like the first thing you see him do in the game is bomb this village and <laughs> go steal their crystal uh it's a village of mages because the king orders it and they're dangerous or, or whatever and then uh the king who's acting kind of funny gives you this package to deliver to another village and you do it and all of a sudden the package is a bomb it goes off it burns the village to the ground uh with the exception of one uh summoner girl And Mm -hmm. at that point, Cecil realizes, you know, maybe I'm on the wrong side here and kind of goes through this complete character arc. And not that he was really a bad guy, per se, at the beginning. He was following orders, as it were, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But he goes to realize, no, this is not what I need to be. To the point of, he actually literally climbs Mount Ordeals to reinvent himself as a person so he actually it plays out in gameplay which is really cool you fight yourself uh but after you have become the paladin class which is a a more light uh magic style class and a lot weaker actually than the dark knight uh (laughs) initially it gets a lot better but it was just that moment is one of the defining moments of gaming for me when you see him realize, I need to change. I need to help the world because these things are bad. And he realizes, I can't be a quote-unquote dark knight and be helping people. I'm sorry, Batman, but uh oh. it's, <laughs> it, it was really cool to me, and I, I enjoyed that, and I connected with that as a kid, and even still, thinking back, I get really nostalgic about that game, about that moment of that game, just because... That's what I want to see. I want to see. I guess. I. I guess. I kind of like the hero arc, um, which is a little tropey, a little played out. But I, I. just, if it's done well, if it's done believably, if it's done for really good reasons, it. It hits me really well. Um. And, and that's a. That's a fun thing for me.
2: Yeah, and I think, and that's awesome to hear because you know you have this sort of contrast from dark to light, and, and I think that is a relatable quality that a lot of us can relate to you know like being in situations where you know you are you're doing something and you feel like you know this is what this is how the world works but then you realize well maybe this is not this is not the right thing to do and then you go through a transformation and then you go through different drama in your life and different life experiences and you turn out okay well this is this is what I can do to become more likable and to, you know, quote-unquote, I guess, you know, save the world. Okay, well, not save the world in real life. I mean, that's very hard to do, but, you know, at least try to affect the people around you. Um, and I want to get back to Final Fantasy IX. Sergio, I know you mentioned uh, Zidane and just the way he is, but, uh, you know, later on in the story, is this another spoiler? I'm going spoil, to spoil it. <laughs> um I don't know if you do remember, but... Uh, Later on in the story, you know, he meets this uh, figure named Garland, uh, who basically, I, I believe, he created uh, Zidane and Kuja, which is the main villain um, in the game. And you know, Zidane learns that he was supposed to be the angel of death, you know, to basically destroy Gaia and you know just and everyone around it and just be a, dist- a destruction force to be a bad person and it breaks him cool <laughs> it breaks him yeah it breaks him because the things that he's learned in his life to be a good person to be likable and i, I guess fortacious as well uh you know he it all broke him and then he had this attitude. to you know where he just thought that wow like there's no hope life sucks everything he knew was just a lie like his life was just a whole lie. And then you see this scene where you know he gets up, his friends are coming to try to cheer him, console him, but he's like, nah. Well, he's like, nah. But I mean, that's, that's <laughs> Dread the <enemy>. nah, bro. <laughs> Dreadnob. <laughs> nah. There we go. Plug that in, Pokemon. Um, you know, he just shuns his friends and uh but his friends like you know, Freya and you know, garnets and vivi and all of them and Ico like they they try to you know they console him they try to make him remember that hey he is not the angel of death he is not the destroyer he's even if that is what he was predetermined to be mm-hmm. you know there's this fate versus free will type of thing which i thought was really great and being able to say, hey, like, I don't have to be this bad person. I don't have to be this angel of death. Like, I can choose my own fate. And his friends reminded him that, you know, of who he was, or excuse me, of who he is. And, you know, after two to three whole minutes of fighting and, like, shunning and all that, like, he realizes that, you know, he has this ability to protect the people around him. And I think that is really important. Uh, there's this one quote, in Final Fantasy IX, that shows up. I think in the very beginning, maybe even before you play the game, like or before you start the gameplay, it's no need a reason to help people, uh, and and that's and I alluded to this, or I mentioned this in the previous episode way back, where um, you know that has a profound impact on my life because mm-hmm. I don't need to justify helping people, and so I and, and that is interwoven to the story, and I think that makes the story even more powerful because it teaches you it teaches you these lessons these virtues these, these these things you can carry on for the rest of your life and so um granted you don't know about this about Zidane until later on in the game and i can see why it could be like oh well he's, he's just good it was totally totally understandable. <laughs> uh, you know a total contrast from Final Fantasy 8 the prior of Final Right Fantasy VIII. yeah yeah and so um i i think it's a nice change up and at the time and I think that, you know, it it's a different kind of character, a different kind of protagonist. Um and, and I think that's something that like we, we've gone back to, character development. That's what makes the story, you know, a, a very strong protagonist. Um, whether he's like Squaw, like you mentioned, how he was, you know, very depressed and you don't know why he's like that until later on. Uh that he becomes more of a quote unquote Likeable person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you have Zidane, who's just like, good, 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 good. You know, cool guy. You know, then he realizes that he's supposed to be bad, but no, he's. Actually, but he chooses to be good again. You know, stuff like that. Right.
1: So, right. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely wanted to highlight one one thing that you said about Final Fantasy IX, though the, the the goal in a way, or, or at least part of Zidane's. Um, ideology or philosophy in life is just to help those around him and I like that uh, definitely about that game and that character because it's something that we can relate with you know there, there's some stories that are too grandiose like we we, we, we said uh, oh you're destined to save the world which one of us has ever experienced that you know but right. helping others or just helping your friends or just being there for them
0: <laughs> <laughs> it works too you're all welcome
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> no, but when, when it's something simpler that we can relate with, and, and it just gives the, those type of games, you know, a different approach other than the typical, I mean, it's tried and true, but, you know, it can be a little bit too much. Um, one example, though, of a, a, a series or particularly a game, the first one in the series, that it leaves you questioning a lot of the things that you do in the first game and it kind of doesn't have a very clear ending at first is again golden sun yes yeah, yeah. so <laughs> when you play the first game i mean just to just kind of summarize the story you failed twice if i remember correctly you know two yep. of the lighthouses get lit and right. that's what you're trying to avoid so i like that i like you know Endings that are not oh happy everything is saved everyone is fine and I don't believe anyone dies in that game but even then just by seeing them almost get to success and then not getting there but but still pushing through that's very commendable. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a that's an excellent example because the main character of the first game. Is, is has an antagonist, and that antagonist is the main character of the second game. Yes, then both, right, though both parties meet up and agree to one path, and that they're trying for very different things in the first game. Uh, Felix yeah. is going through trying to light the lighthouses, Isaac is trying to stop the lighthouses from being lit, uh, and ultimately fails, and then comes to realize, oh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. this isn't <laughs> what I should be doing. Uh, I loved that. That's a great example.
2: I think there was the thing about people dying in the game. Well, the parents supposedly passed away, but yeah. they didn't. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. So I mean, Sergio
0: seal of approval.
2: There you yeah, go. there you go. <laughs> Uh,
0: you, you could argue they're not a main character. so. Nah, like yes. I said, Fire Emblem is going to be our, our game of the year, and I'm, I'm oh, convinced man. of that at this point because everyone's going to die, and Sergio's just going to uh. go crazy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sergio's going to be like, I got to the end with my main character, and that was it, and it was the best game I've ever played. <laughs> well,
2: well, you know, he did say, Sergio, he did say that you're going to plan every move for 30 minutes. So, yes. so I think the chances of that... Specifically is- so they all
0: die. That's what he didn't actually get. It's
2: like how how can I have this result in everyone's death except my main character? So uh, so let
0: me ask a, a question. And we've we've kind of interwoven the idea of game stories and game characters. And it turns out I mean they're very very connected, right? So you can't you can have a decent story without really strong characters, but it's very very hard. You can pull hmm. through a weak story with really good characters, right? Uh, what in your opinion, how how do you separate the idea of a story, an actual game story, and a game setting? Because I feel like those are very different concepts. And what do you what do you actually look for? Are you more interested in the actual narrative, or do you like it when the world building is really complete and everything feels authentic?
2: Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it depends on the theme. Like when I mentioned Uncharted. When I'm thinking about like, you know, finding lost treasure from w- from worlds past, like from history, I'm expecting a more realistic setting, like traveling to different countries, like you know, uh, Yemen, which which looked really beautiful in Uncharted uh, Four, I believe, and or uh, or Madagascar in Uncharted Four, um, again very beautiful and just. Way they depicted the setting and the characters going through the mountains and stuff, trying to find their way to um, that one piece of treasure that I can't, I'm drawing a blank now on. But, um, and even in, or I, it depends on the theme. Yeah. So for Uncharted, realistically, I want to see the world just. I want to be able to know recognizable like countries and different places, so that maybe I can be more curious about that country and the way they built, you know, the environment around. Um, when you're talking about more of a fantasy type of type of game, I want to see more like more creative like names, creative like towns and villages and cities, like with Final Fantasy. Let's see, Final Fantasy. Well, i was like, oh, it's a lot. Man, which one should I pick? ah, 16, I think. 16, okay. Final Fantasy 6. Okay, okay. I'm going to say Final Fantasy 9. I I really liked the whole, you know, you start at the castle, and it's very medieval, but it's medieval, and it's something that, you know, a lot of fantasy stories and books have that medieval type of spiel, that that type, that theme, and... But they did it very well, you know? You have recognizable castles and different, like... Like, the NPCs are very, you know... They they fit their part. And then you go into the towns, and then... Steampunk! There we go. Steampunk. When I'm Total thinking about Final Fantasy, I'm, I like the Steampunk genre, like, just the theme. The setting of, like, having airships, because, you know, airships are very prominent in Final Fantasy, you know, where... And they're awesome. And they're awesome. Right. Uh, You know, using Steam... Or power to, uh, you know, traverse around the regions. I don't know why I like saying that so much. Traverse around the regions, and, uh, and, and you know, you're not. We're not talking about like an airplane or like a, you know, like like in in modern day, but like just something that it's just it's just more fancy. Like it's it's because like, I don't I don't know if we had an airship in real life, but it but they make it so that it it seems real. Like it's a fancy thing, and so I think it depends on the theme. That's not a theme, Daryl. Yeah. In in uh in
0: Final Fantasy four, they have bear with me. They have an airship that goes to the moon.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I there mean,
0: happens to be no air, so whatever. Uh,
2: and it's that and and so, fantasy. You know, fantasy. It borrows anachronistic elements. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you can't imagine like an airship like that be able to travel to the moon. Like, there, I mean. That if, you, if you calculate the science behind it like it doesn't make sense <laughs> i don't think it does it makes so, about some
0: sli- as much sense as casting thunder on a slime so yeah fair oh, enough.
2: Very, yeah there we go <laughs> magic <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so theme theme is the theme is my answer man <laughs> so
0: so so far kevin wants a large grandiose story with good characters and an excellent setting so good <laughs> yes so i've got i got another question for you guys uh what is what's a game that you feel like was held back by its story whether it it maybe didn't have one or it had kind of a weak one or it just you would list it as a downer and i'm going to start with i'm going to start with kevin again but we'll we'll loop back to Serge on this one
2: all right man you know what's coming i actually am holding it right now the deluxe edition so final fantasy 15 i i it it was held back by the execution of the story now granted the characters i love that bro venture you know brothers in adventure uh with you know noctis and ignis and um (laughs) why am i blanking on the characters um I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> those two other guys that can't even think of right now, uh, Gla- Gladius and uh, Prompto. Okay, okay, I got it. Mm. <laughs> Okay, so those four four guys, those four have-
0: very memorable characters,
2: <laughs> those four very Built memorable characters.
0: on a relationship that you cannot forget. Who was that again? Was I, think, that again. <laughs> I, th- I think it was I think it was Affleck and Geico. I think. Yo,
2: those are the those are the real MVPs. They sh- they have their own game. Yeah. So, um, in in one sense it was pretty much like a boy band simulator. You know, you have these four guys that have, you know, very stylish hair and you have really fancy outfits and you go on this adventure, you know, <laughs> trying to uh, just explore around the, traverse around the <laughs> regions and, you know, do certain tasks and uh, try to get, okay, spoiler alert, okay. Uh, try to find uh, Lady Lunaf- Lunafreya. Um, and this is, you know, Octus's love counterpart. Um, and so you finally meet her, and you're thinking, like, oh, I get to use this, you know, awesome character on my team. Awesome. I can't wait. Nope. <laughs> you don't. You usually just pass away, you know, after this, uh, you know, a sequence of events that happen. And both Noctis and Lunafreya embrace for like three seconds. When she was still breathing, uh, then she passes away, <laughs> and it's like, what? Cause, and 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 I say it that way because the story that led up to it, it it's a nice buildup, but then when it's executed, when they see each other, and this happens, this tragedy, it's like, wow, like this, this freaking sucks. It's like. Why does it have to happen? There's no rhyme or reason. Like, let them fight together and destroy evil and stuff. And and I guess maybe they're trying to go for that shock factor, but it did not work. It did not work. Um, hey, and now it, Gra- I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna call back to the Final Fantasy X two discussion. <laughs> Story doesn't matter. We're looking fly. We're looking fly. That, we're there,
2: good. There we go. <laughs> and I still have to play that game. I'm still on Final Fantasy X. Um, and so even. After Luna passes away, and you're, you know, you're trying to fight the, you know, the main bu- villain, which is your, your ancestor. Uh, the way it was executed was this: it just felt too rushed. You know, you don't know, you don't know like what this villain is doing. He seems really nice and stuff, and then very like, oh yeah, I'm actually really bad. I don't like that. Um, it was executed really poorly, and I mentioned that several times in different episodes. Now, I'm going to compare that to Final Fantasy VII, where you know who the bad guy is. Sephiroth is the bad guy. He's bad. He's he's vicious. He wants to kill you. You know, he thinks you're terrible. <laughs> you know, he has... I mean, he's just... <laughs> it's just the way he looks. It's just bad. Bad to the bone. You know, like, just... You know he's bad. And, so, <laughs> and that creates a theme of, like, okay, I hate this person. I have to destroy him somehow and there's a story behind it whereas for final fantasy 15 it's like oh okay well you know i'm gonna go on this you know boyhood adventure and you know uh uh you know just look after you know be a great representation for the kingdom and then stuff happens you lose your to be wife and then you find this villain to be not so good actually in in the last like five percent of the game and then boom you kill him and the game's over yeah so Yay. it's like yeah. <laughs> so that is an example of a game that was held back by a story and uh granted there are dlc that um that you know make the story better now i have not played that dlc for the I low
0: have... <laughs> low price of 12.99 <laughs>
2: or 12.99 yeah Although I I do now I'm gonna I'm gonna admit it I did watch one of the DLCs by Gladius Gladialis? Why right I my blanking on the name um, the shield the second and it was actually a really nice um, thing to watch uh, even though I should have played it. Um, it yeah so you know good characters terrible execution of a story
1: that's it. what about you Serge nice. Well, it took me a little while to figure something out, but I think I got it. And basically, it comes down to a game from a series that kind of... Well, it did have a story, but it wasn't the focus. And when they made it the focus, basically, the game would have been way better if it had... The fewer story it had, it would have been better. And I am talking about Metroid Other M.
0: Ooh, That's a good poll. That's (laughs) that's very good. Well done.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean... You know, Metroid, it, it has a good, the, the little story that it has, it's very good. And it's it's very consistent. It, you're, you're alone in this mysterious planet and, and everything is out to get you. And somehow you, you manage to escape, you know, at the very end. And the planet gets destroyed, but, you know, technically, for the most part, everything is fine. And then in this game, all of a sudden, Samus has a personality and I feel like it doesn't fit the character. The baby. Um, yeah. The I baby. Mean, even, <laughs> even if we didn't know what to expect from Samus, I just don't think the the personality they went with um, really matches either the the, um, the franchise itself or what Samus has been doing. Um, all of a sudden, she's part of a group, and she's the one following orders instead of being... The baby! You know... <laughs> <laughs> of of being the lone hero saving the world uh, purely by herself it it just doesn't go and it kind of it really puts a, a dent on the game and it's not a bad game per se the gameplay it's pretty okay but the story just really brings it down and this is a a good example of a bad story and bad characters yeah
0: uh, the, the the game in which Samus does not engage her heat armor because she's not allowed to. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fair, <laughs> I guess. Oh, man. I can't disagree with that. I can't disagree with any of that. <laughs> Even though I did like that game. I liked the way the game played, but, yeah, it was, it was a little rough.
1: Yeah, and it was especially rough because no there's there's never really been a, a focus on story on Metroid and when they do it and we get this it's like oh no <laughs> you, you shouldn't have tried that
0: <laughs> yeah for me i actually got uh so i i played a long way into tales of the abyss and that's another Ooh. game that's kind of similar to what you guys were talking about where the character the main character is just not likable at all right. luke, mm-hmm. luke is terrible Whoa. and he's so terrible and he even like he's so bad that even his redemption arc is just annoying. And as soon as that started happening, I was like, "No, I'm done." I put the game down. I never went back to. It. Oh. Wow. <laughs> it was Very uh, annoying to me for some reason. I, I don't even. I don't. I don't remember exactly why, but I've put up with this this a hole the entire game, and then he starts. <laughs> He starts being kind of redemptive, and he just starts being like way too good all of a sudden. I'm like, no, oh no, <laughs> it's like the worst of both worlds.
2: <laughs> just you done know,
0: done in reverse.
2: Oh man, when I think of when you said a hole, I thought of like Donut County because <laughs> BK is an a hole in the game.
0: No, he's a he's a he's a butthole. It's very different.
2: Oh, very different. Uh, all right, all right.
1: <laughs> now. Now I have a question for you guys because video games are a very unique medium. You know, um basically video games are made in a way that multiple endings are a thing and they work really well. Yeah. But Ooh. you know, it it comes down to preference. Do you guys like multiple endings or not?
0: Hmm. It's uh it's really hit and miss for me. Sometimes I do. Uh, and then sometimes it feels a little forced like if if the game has certain kind of just dumb requirements for the endings, I tend to not like them very much. If it is based on the character development that you have chosen over the course of the game, then fair. I, I'm okay with that. Hmm. Um, but if it's like, oh, you didn't collect doodad from you know Geico yeah. way back there, uh, <laughs> you need and, and because of that, you're gonna get a worse ending. Yeah, that's a real quick YouTube for me. Uh, like that's just okay, watch the watch the real oh. ending instead and and move on.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's a few cases where you actually have to go through the, quote-unquote, lesser endings before you get the real ending. I think that works really well. I've, like, first thing that comes to mind is the Zero Escape games, starting with 999. That is done so hmm. well. And again, this is this is something that pretty much only works with games because it's a um, interactive uh, form of entertainment, and, and you can easily go back and, and see you know, how to how to have a different approach. And then you have the other end of the Spectrum, something like Chrono Trigger, which has like yes. 12 or more endings. And
2: yeah, it's a lot, uh, yeah. You know,
1: I haven't played the game much. I haven't beaten it for sure. And I know, however, there are a lot of fans and they really like the multiple endings part. I, I think, yeah, like Daryl said, it has to be well executed and it has to make sense.
2: Yeah, I agree with you guys. It You know, it really is dictated, if it's more dictated by the actions that you do, more so than just certain little things that happen, where it's not, oh, I, I, I think that's yeah, having more dictation in in the story, to have to have different endings is great. It, it's also good for the game overall because more replayability. So the more hours into it, you know, maybe you go through the second time, you'll find the gem or this treasure thing that you may not have seen the first time. That may trigger a different ending. So um yeah, I'm all for multiple endings as long as it's executed well. Um I I, I did wish Final Fantasy 15 had that, it would have been better, but (laughs) Well it it
0: does apparently. You just have to pay for them. Uh right, right, right. Well
2: well, there you go. (laughs) Um I don't wanna uh, sometimes it doesn't it's not worth it to pay to play, so yeah sometimes.
0: And I think the other point we've kind of skipped over a little bit, so games are kind of an interesting uh, medium in that these are stories that they can they can make you kind of feel as you play the game. They can roll it out in a different way than you mm. would if you were watching like television or a movie or something. Not necessarily saying better or worse, but right, they right. almost seem to have more access to uh, structuring the story around some choices that you made, which is not possible so much when you're watching yes. TV unless you know something weird's going on or or you're reading a a choose your own adventure book which is cool uh but (laughs) you know it's games are kind of positioned in this this interesting area where the stories can be some of the most impactful things in all of media they they really Mm -hmm. can because you have been a part of these stories uh or you can have you know monumental flop type games like you remember the initial run of uh mass effect 3 where all roads kind of lead back to bad (laughs) yes there was a
2: lot of oh my god i I don't know where to begin
0: (laughs) oh we don't we don't need to dive into that no no, we don't know uh lots of other people have for us uh but it's just it's interesting when they can actually pull it off and just the choices that you made are impactful even just and Zelda games love doing this. They love showing you the characters you interacted with over the course of the game uh, at the end, like during the credit sequence or whatever. And to me, oh, man, I will always love those little sequences of just watching, <clears> oh, look, everybody's happy. You know, everybody's, <laughs> they're they're rebuilding their village. That's cool. And, and and so on and so forth. And I love that kind of thing. Um, I remember Octopath kind of doing something similar to that, a little bit different don't want to Mm -hmm. spoil that for anybody because i imagine not too many people have seen the ending of it but Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. i I love it and i love games that kind of are can be reminiscent uh of themselves you know they can they can kind of say look you've spent a long time in this journey here's some memories for you and if done well it's great i I love that
2: yeah for sure i mean i just go back to (laughs) you know sergio's animal crossing book i mean that in itself is a story like where he had (laughs) like just photographs of different memories he has like you create your own story i think is really unique and and i admire you for that and and that's those are things that are worth having um but i do want to ask a question to you too there's a particular series okay okay? Uh, i'm not going to say it yet but (laughs) <laughs> There's a particular I series. I, know. I
1: think I know. <laughs>
2: Call of Duty. Oh, no. No, no. Well, Sergio,
1: <laughs> what is the series that you? you think? <laughs> is it Pokemon? <laughs> yes. Wow. Wow. Good reads. Okay. Oh,
2: wow. Okay, man. Um. So, my question to you guys is with a series like Pokemon, you have the same story every single game. You have the same form every single game. But what is it about that game that makes you come back? You know, is it just the Pokemon themselves? Is it the motivation to collect these badges to become the very best that never was? Is it a combination of both? Like what is it what is it about these other things that makes the story I don't want to say bearable, but just be <laughs> excuse me. Not bearable, but just be able to it's like, okay, this is it's integrated into the whole game, and I'm willing to go through this journey over and over again. Like, what is it? What, what does that appeal to? Sergio,
0: you? I think you gotta start this one because I literally have not come <laughs> back to Pokemon ever. Like, <laughs> s- Sword will be the first time I do that. So, I'll let you know, I guess.
1: Nice. Well, yeah. I think of two words right away. Uh, first one, nostalgia. That's the main mm. reason why we still play this. And I guess the second one would we hope. Hope that someday Whoa. we get, we we get a a good story or a decent story, and you know, it never happens. But there's always hope. <laughs> so, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, no, that's good. That's good actually, because then you know, you we're always hoping that oh, maybe it'd be a little different. You know, I mean, yeah, they have different like bad teams, like Team Rocket or Team
1: <laughs> Team
2: Aqua, Team I don't know, yeah, Team yeah. Skull. Skull. How do I know but... more of these
0: than you do? That's <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bigger fan of Pokemon confirmed. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Bigger fan. Uh, I think we uh... already confirmed
0: that was so I've reconfirmed.
2: There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
1: No, but but I, I agree with you completely. Like, I want a, a rival that is an absolute jerk to me, like, completely, and to everyone even. I, I want a, a team, whatever, that is out to, like, ruin everyone's lives, like, Almost for no reason. Like, I, I want to see a lot of conflict. And I want the main character maybe not to succeed right away. I want to see some failures. I want to see... Uh, I mean, I don't think they're ever going to kill a main character on that series. But something no. close to that, if possible, you know. <laughs> just just change it up a little. God I mean, it could happen in
2: Pokemon Shield and Sword. Pokemon (laughs) Permadeath. Let's do it. Oh, no. So, instead of faint, it just dies. Well, it (laughs) dies. But, you know, you could play Nuzlocke mode. If you play Nuzlocke mode, which, if a Pokemon faints, uh, you cannot use it ever again. I mean, that is a thing. You can Mm -hmm. do that on your own. But, uh, up to you. Uh, Anyway, Pokemon, I mean... You hit you hit the nail on the head, nostalgia, and I am very, I am still very excited about. Oh um, yeah, oh, Pokemon yeah. Shield and Sword, despite my bitter <laughs> tweet, history of the game of the series, you know, but it's all good.
1: Pokemon can do no wrong. Oh, uh, I'm not gonna say anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, Pokemon can do nothing that would make us stop playing it.
2: That that's more accurate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, oh wow. Yeah, kids, uh if you're listening, look up Stockholm Syndrome. There you go. That's that's oh, where oh, we are. Man. Uh anyways, so it sounds I mean what we've learned tonight, like I said, in in terms of story, Kevin literally wants everything. I want I want the personal character development and Sergio wants death. So <laughs> That went about as well as I hoped it would. So there you go.
2: Uh, you know, I, as much as I want everything, I, I do want a theme that tailors towards a good setting and okay. character development. But that's everything, pretty much. Yeah, everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a theme that allows for an expansive story, you know, multicultural with a, a really strong <laughs> character development interaction. <laughs>
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's, it's, uh, it. it's a valid answer. Just that. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm demanding stories. You will be disappointed important. a lot, but that's okay. Well, you know, yeah, that's <laughs> that's gonna happen. But you know, I I said I said before, I'm gonna say it again, I am having a lower expectation on Fire Emblem Three Houses, and it's <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Sergio's well. like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wow. Now I-, I will say this right now is unrelated to the story thing, but the piercing eyes have somewhat grown on me. I I think it is a very interesting look <laughs> on the characters. Um, it's you know it's all good. I will grow into it, and as I have been. And uh, yeah.
0: Well, they'll just keep staring at you until you do. So there you go.
2: <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's true. All
0: right. Any <laughs> any closing thoughts on video game stories? Obviously, we didn't. We couldn't cover everything, but, you know, it was a good conversation. Uh, anything else you guys want to bring up?
1: No, I'm no. good on my end.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Not all at once, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so one thing I want to say, uh, just before we, we wrap for the night, uh, I do want to give a quick shout-out to the Switchcast, uh, which I actually was a guest on in the last episode, where I got on and we talked a little bit about uh, Super Smash Brothers and a tournament they ran, so... Definitely check them out. Um, They're they're good dudes. So definitely wanted to give them a shout out. And that's all I got.
1: Nice. And before we completely wrap this episode for the week, we do have our new feature. We have this week's question
2: to our listeners. And just to Uh clarify, so
1: we're going to be asking a question during the, the podcast itself, you can answer it on our Discord throughout the week, you know, as you as you get around to listening to the podcast, and we will read some of the answers on the next episode. Um, since last episode was live, we kind of read them on that episode. I think uh, th- the question last week was, what would Ike's last name be? Ike <laughs> from Fire Emblem. Um, I think I saw someone mention Ikea. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> I I would say IKEA is the Trader Joe's of furniture stores. Do you guys agree?
2: Oh, absolutely. Two hundred thirty-five percent agree. <laughs> um,
1: nice. So, for this week's question, what is your social security number?
2: Let us know. <laughs> our,
1: no, no, no. Oh, oh, oh. I would not
2: even answer that. Email oh. us, said. <laughs> Wow, well, you no, ju- you went from zero
0: not. to scam in a hurry. No, I did not expect that. No, we, we did okay. not sponsor this
2: <laughs> security breaching surge. <laughs> no,
1: okay. Uh, Real question. Real question. Okay. Okay. Do you prefer barks or meows? Uh, how's mm. that for a unique question? Huh?
0: Are we talking uh, brands of root beer, or are we talking the sounds, or the what sounds.
1: Is-
2: okay. All right. There's a brand of root beer from barks. meows? Not oh, I know sure. barks, why but, not? but meows, but meows, though. I mean, yeah. sure, why not? <laughs> okay, fine. Somewhere out there. <laughs> if if there's a meows root beer out there, let us know. We will try <laughs> you out. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um,
0: yeah, and for the record, there is a right answer to this question, so maybe less open-ended than you might think.
1: <laughs> uh oh <uh-oh. laughs> so let us know what you think you can leave a post in the episode talkback channel on our discord and with that thanks for listening everyone we're gonna jump out of here if you haven't already feel free to join our discord group we have a great community to chat with and play games and we would love to have you there as well if you're interested the description for this episode has a link to our discord other than that, we have a Facebook group, and we are also on Twitter and Instagram as Nintendo Jump. And you can listen to all of our episodes on YouTube as well. Please send us any feedback you have at NintendoJumpPodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, the best way to do so is through our Patreon. That's Patreon.com slash NintendoJump. Another way to support would be by leaving a review for this show in your favorite podcast application. Either way, thank you so much for your support. This is Sergio, and on behalf of Daryl and Kevin, thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bye-bye. See you guys.
2: <laughs> nice.
0: Happy Mario making.
2: Yeah. Wow. See ya. See you, everybody. Uh, that's the Pokemon rival (laughs) nice (laughs) nailed it
1: (laughs) bye